We are Wrestling Elitists. I'm your co-host, Alex Gibson, alongside my number one ho-ho-ho, Chris Scott Moore, and not just Nashville hot, Sean Nash. What's going on, boys? The serotonin drop is is doing damage, but that was a nice nice little intro. Well, uh, I'm excited to have you all back. I think this is our last uh, normal episode of the year. I think next week's episode will be a uh, 2022 Elites review show going through our uh, going through our top our top performers of the year, our top match of the year. It's uh, people are saying that already. it's yeah, it's uh, it's I think it's past the PWI 500 now is like the top thing that uh, wrestlers look forward to each year. So the gold standard um, in ratings. So we're looking forward to getting that out there. But uh, leading up to that, please check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Latest Podcast as well as our website, WrestlingElitist.com, for our latest match reviews and articles. It's been a little slow this week. Uh, admittedly, super busy with the holidays, but we'll be getting some new stuff up there pretty soon. Um, we have some uh, exciting things coming in 2023, as we talked about before. Uh, I believe right at the top of the year, we'll be making the switch on our programming to Friday morning, our podcast coming out, so it's a little bit more fresh for you all, uh, as well as some other refresh stuff. Uh, speaking of which, if any of our listeners are into graphic design, please reach out. Uh, but Sean, why don't you please run down the plan for today's show? We are going to hit you guys with the news, match, moments, and cringes of the week, and along with what we are looking forward to in the coming weeks. And Chris has got a little question for us. It's going to get I a little do. interesting, a little personal. Well, that just sounds like a nice little holiday treat. Let's kick it right <laughs> off by going into the news of the week. Chris, what was your news? Well, speaking of creeps, Vince McMahon <laughs> wants back. <laughs> the higher power is revealed and he wants to back in. Um, I don't know if this is he truly does want in or if he's just kind of floating the idea around to see what the stock market will do and what people will say. If it's a smokescreen because of the shitty Vice documentary that was showing that one night. I don't know what his intentions are, but boy, do we not need Vince back. I think that would be a tremendous mistake. Um, the rumor and innuendo coming from the Wall Street Journal and just Meltzer reported as well is that a lot of people in the company do not want Vince back just because of how smooth things are running under the uh, Triple H, Stephanie, and Nick Khan regime. So hopefully it's just Vince has a weird urge. I don't know what that would happen or uh, what, what, what it would do to the product if Vince came back. I think that would be absolutely chaotic and just a disaster and bad idea written all over it what are you i always thoughts? thought it yeah i always thought it would be kind of hectic when vince left and it was very very smooth i never was more sure like i'm more sure that it would be awful if he came back than i ever was if when he died or left because you always kind of knew that the things would be in place for whoever to take over and everything like that so it would probably like maybe like dip but then come back this i think this could actually burn shit to the ground because i think Totally. You look at the trust that was lost by wrestlers back in 2020 when they re- when they signed new deals because WWE didn't want them going to AEW. And then as soon as 2020 hit, they released them thinking like the Good Brothers there and now the Good Brothers are back. And you kind of see that happening again. Um, I, I think that it would absolutely just destroy the company from a inside perception. I think outside people would probably not really care because I don't even think anybody cares about Vince McMahon anymore and his allegations, unfortunately. There's, it's a short news cycle. People get over things. Would I want to see him back? Do I think that he should be he should stay away, whether it's because of the product or because of what he did? I think both of those reasons he shouldn't be coming back. 
Um, but unfortunately, it's just the way that things work. And you, you just, I just also want to say, just to tag this onto uh, your news. Uh, did you see? Because you mentioned, you know, he was revealed as the higher power. Did you see that he was supposed to be revealed as the person who pied Kevin Owens in that Fourth yes. of July yes. food fight? Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> <laughs> that makes that happen. Just never so much better. Yeah, just never paid it off. But uh, Sean, did you have any additional thoughts on that? Oh, it just it seems so weird. It's like no one, no one's really been asking for this. Why did this just come out? Just kind of almost randomly out of the blue. But please don't come back. It would definitely seem so hectic to see the difference from when he left and how the goodwill is kind of trending up to then how quickly it will just come back to where it once was earlier this year. Yeah. And not to get political, but it's just funny how the one percenters can just fuck up and do so many bad things and still expect to be welcome back. Like Walk right does. back in. Yeah. Like he made the company pay tens of millions of dollars because of his inappropriate behavior or just questionable ethics. And it's like, well, no, I should be able to come back. It's fine. Yeah. It's better well, I, this way yeah. if I'm in charge. <laughs> I, I like how he he paid you know seventeen million dollars or whatever it was to pay off women that he uh, had inappropriate relationships with, and the thing that he regrets and says that he made a bad decision on was leaving the company. Yeah, like those things that he did those weren't those weren't the mistakes. No, it was it was leaving the company when all of that was uncovered. Uh, Sean, what was your news of the week? Uh, speaking of people who have been let go from the WWE and their unethical decisions, Mandy Rose got released, uh, had a OnlyFans account, I think it was called Fan Times, some offshoot of the OnlyFans uh, website style. She got uh, released, but I mean, you flash back this to like 2000, I think Vince McMahon definitely would have had everyone on OnlyFans or some kind of thing with Sable and all them back in the day. Weird, weird choice, especially when you're kind of in your career, well, 400 days into a NXT women's title reign in your, your post. Wow, was it that long of a reign? Yeah. yeah. Wow. You're, you're going R to X rated photos online. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting choices. And uh, the the fan submitted uh, dick pic, that, all that. The ratings, a, yeah. Star what ratings. A, what a weird world we live in where that's uh, that's a thing. But she lost the title at all. Roxanne Perez kind of took a bow, seemed like she kind of knew what was coming. And then later that night on Tuesday last week, she was released. Uh, wish her well. I, I'm sure the website's doing great. We don't have any uh, on on the on the field reviews of it, but uh, <laughs> I could only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. If we've got any any boots on the ground that can give us some reporting, that'd be great. But I uh, do know that I, I saw something that she supposedly had requested her release two or three weeks ago yeah. and was denied it. And then she upped kind of what she was putting. Like all of a sudden she kind of upped what she was putting on to that Ooh. site. Up uh, so it sounds like she might've been looking for a reason to, to get, to get, uh, to get potentially let go. And I, I do think that it reads a little bit bad, right? When you're like, because the WWE, look at them historically has, the way that they've kind of portrayed women and, you know, kind of used them uh, <gasps> what are you from talking a sexual about? standpoint. <laughs> but, you know, this, it, I feel like this actually isn't even so much about it being an OnlyFans or, or whatever. What did you call it? Fan time? Something fan like time. That? Yeah. Fan time thing. I think it's the same way that they were firing people for using Twitch, the same way that exactly, they were firing yeah. people for using yeah. Patreon. It's actually that, but from a headline standpoint, it looks like it's because of, the explicit nature of what she was doing. Chris, do you have anything to add? 
No, I mean, I get that both sides can be wrong on this one. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's a common sense thing. Of course, they're going to release you if you're doing that, but they market her as a sex object for years anyways. Right. Um, but it doesn't make, you know, I don't know. It's a, it, it's a odd situation to say the least. I'm not really feeling strong one way or the other about it um, yeah. because I think she'll be able to do very, very well with her own service. And someone just brought the numbers too. It's like, like, like you can make like 2 million or something a year by doing that. Like if she gets like X amount of subscribers right. and people are paying that much a month, I mean, shit adds up and, and it doesn't have to get through, you know, go through the, the WWE's hands and goes right to her. I mean, it's makes sense. And when the, the money don't go through daddy's hands, daddy ain't happy. So yeah, exactly. I yeah. believe <laughs> ain't it true. Uh, my news of the week, uh, shifting over to AEW is, so we talked about it a little bit last week. There's the new executive that actually came over from, uh, WWE, which apparently, so he left WWE to go, he was working on Pat McAfee's show. That was what he oh. was doing. I, from what I've seen, <laughs> uh, which is a, a wild jump. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pat, it'd be really cool if you stood up on the desk right now. Uh, cause that's all he fucking does. But, um, so apparently coming with that is there's going to be some refreshes much like the wrestling elitists are going through a refresh right now. Uh, AEW dynamite will be coming with a refresh. I was calling for this back it's when they so first right TBS. I thought it was kind of goofy to have the same look on TNT and TBS. I know their sister stations. I know that it's basically the same thing, but when you're ramping up this whole new, we're moving, like I felt like they needed to change the presentation. I'm interested to see what it looks like. I liked the set for, uh, was it full gear that we were, that we, that they had kind of really changed things up for. Um, I liked that. Apparently there have been, I know Chris, you texted Sean and I during dynamite and you said, Hey, am I being paranoid? Are there more, uh, camera cuts? I did see in the report about them updating the broadcast that they have started instituting changes. It didn't cite, uh, camera cuts. I still didn't notice it when I was watching it, but mm. I just want I'm you. To, so I don't want you to feel oh. like you're Alex Jones right now. Oh god, <laughs> you, yeah. might, you might be right. You know, they might be turning the camera cuts uh, up a notch. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we still get uh, the the brilliant camera work that we love from AEW, uh, where they missed half of the big things that happen. Um, but, <laughs> but, but they uh, always capture them blading. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So or them like kind of do that. God or them, them like kind of them them like scooching over and changing their uh their position, position to, the to right, take yeah. a yeah to to take a uh, frog splash. No, I'm excited to you, see what the new look yeah. will look like too. I think it's about time. Um, I like that they haven't gone too crazy with it, and it does make it a bigger deal when you do revamp the look. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it, it's it's easy to screw up and it's easy to get people upset and worked up about it. I think the camera cuts are the big thing. As long as they don't do that, it'll be peachy keen with me. Um, hopefully they do something where they just hold on camera angles a little bit more. I'd like to see them get away from the over the shoulder camera uh, shots into the ring. They That sometimes can get shaky and just shitty looking and it doesn't look quite right especially when they have such a great establishing shot that wide shot that's right on uh the ring and they do a really good job with that for their i don't know like cinematic uh slow motion stuff they'll show later on in highlight packages that always looks great and it's like well, i wish they'd hold on to that a bit more but i'm also pretentious as fuck and that's probably not what people want to see <laughs> 
you want just like a you just want a, an episode that's a single shot like that movie Birdman. Yeah. Just <laughs> just single camera, one shot the old way. Just one long uh, Paul Thomas Anderson shot. <laughs> Sean, do you have any kind of any wish list items for what that uh what that update might look like? I don't know. I'm I feel like I oftentimes it gets lost on me maybe because I I participate in extracurriculars, but I don't know. I just definitely don't do the jump. Keep away from the jump cuts. I, I do. I would like kind of the new Japan style sticking a little more with the one camera shot for quite a while and, and not, not doing all the, the side side people I, work. I'd like to have them add chandeliers on either side of the ring, like at uh, the Livonia just, Knights, of, Knights of Columbus. Yeah. That's just fun uh, anarchy. That's <laughs> That just makes you think somebody's going to catch a foot on there every you single wait, time they do it okay every single show for it to to fall down or someone to flip off of it and it doesn't happen till like two months in then it's perfect <laughs> i love it really chekhov's gone uh let's move on to our match of the week uh chris you uh you had a little bit different of one than uh sean and i so we'll start with you let's hear it yeah it was i was really happy with the mjf ricky starks match i mean mjf is no enzo but nevertheless he had a great uh, first. <laughs> <laughs> maybe another little piece of news we could talk about later good lord but no um uh mjf wrestled uh ricky starks was his first title defense these two have great chemistry together i'm reminded a little bit in part of kevin owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, especially towards the end when they just do those fisticuffs and it's just hitting each other nonstop yeah. like a hockey fight. I like how they pulled that off and it didn't seem like it was a rip off of those two. Uh, they do have just a freaky natural chemistry together. Hopefully they'll get some more matches down the line. I'd actually kind of like to see them go a little bit distant from each other for now um, and then have Ricky build up his heat again and then get another challenge down the line. I like the finish. I know it was controversial. People were like, oh, ball shot, but it has a cruel irony and how MJF talked to or how Ricky Stark said that he's all cheap heat. And so he uses cheap heat to get the finish and get the win in the end. So I kind of liked it from just an MJF being a piece of shit standpoint. Um, but fantastic match. MJF has such a great motor to him in the ring. Uh, he is underrated as a wrestler. I love that power bomb he does on his knee. I mean, that is a finish that should be a finish. Oh, like yeah. that is a move that's, that just brutal as fuck. That's tough. Like, I don't know why anyone would want to take it, let alone someone who has the neck and uh, spine issues that Ricky Starks has. It's just kind of crazy. But fantastic match. I loved it a lot. I thought they did a great job and they uh, deserve the spotlight that they got. I thought it was a it was a really good match. What hurt it wasn't even their fault. I had it built up to being more than it ended up being. I was even fine with the finish, I think, especially early on, like as much as I wanted to see Ricky win and as much as his promo made me want to believe you don't have him lose there. Right. And I think you can, you can run this back in a year when MJF is, you know, talking once again about how his contract's about to be up and maybe Ricky can save the day then let him build up for a year. Um, I just felt like after the week before that acclaimed match, that that title match against FTR, that was a pay-per-view level main event title match and i felt like mjf and ricky starks didn't have a second it didn't have enough time to hit that last that like final gear to make it feel like a pay-per-view match which is what i really wanted because i love ricky starks and i just want to see him like get his chance to shine uh, i will say yes that powerbomb was great and then 
that spot when he had it when MJF had him in the uh, salt of the earth or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, and he's slowly taking away all of Ricky's appendages so that he can't grab the bottom rope. That was fantastic. That was amazing. Um, once again, I know people want to be sent home happy, but MJF's an asshole and the fans have been fucking cheering MJF. So you can't have him win any other way. So I think it made sense. It just, I just, I was expecting a little bit more quality in terms of the match up until that point. And it's building up the time when he does a ball shot and someone blocks it or someone kicks out at 2.99999. That's going to be a a massive, massive pop. Hopefully it's for Eddie Kingston. But, yeah, or for you, uh, for you men in black fans, maybe it'll be a Balchinian. Remember that reference? What? Oh, no. <laughs> I think it's like men in black too. the guy. Like, he goes to like hit the one guy in the balls and then uh, and he doesn't react or whatever. And he's like, he's a Balchinian. So he like uppercuts him in the chin because that's where his balls are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Sean, did you have any additional thoughts to add? Um, kind of going back to the the <laughs> new presentation style, I did love the the two promos in the middles of the show before the match really got you hyped up for it, which it kind of felt like in our heads from the weeks previous. It just, we're really building this match up. Didn't quite hit those, those marks, but nonetheless, good. Of course, MJF's going to win that way because that's just the way MJF is. It was good, but definitely not uh, my match of the week. What was yours, Sean? <laughs> uh, I loved the, what was it? Match four, Death Triangle, defeating the Elite, going up 3-1. Uh, uh, loving the direction with taking out Nick Jackson. Pretty much the whole match, him coming back and then eating the hammer to the ankle and then Ray Phoenix jumping on it. Great, great little style. Um, Matt Jackson's Northern Lights suplex from the the roll-up pin position. Beautiful. Love that he can kind of just keep that going in any kind of possible way, whether it's the 20 yards he did in that stadium stampede match or just always changing it up um it's it's just fresh this is the fourth or fifth match we've seen in like the last two months when the elite have just come back like this same thing week in week out and they're keeping it fresh it's it's really nice to see um i was expecting like we're eventually down the line gonna see one-on-ones and two-on-twos and just kind of get the uh, get away from the three-on-three to keep the the freshness of it going but a no dq match that works a little better. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be quite a bit of hammers and maybe even uh, some little cleaner material. Uh, maybe a, a mop. Bring the mop back. But uh, Alex, you joined me in these thoughts? Yes. Yep. It continues to, they continue. I, it feels like a fuck you to me every week having the tri- the trios match be the best match of the night. But um, that's what you get. Once again, they just they continue to make it interesting every single time they face, despite the fact that it's been four times and they've been and they've been telling a clear story, but it doesn't feel repetitive. Like despite the fact that they're continuously using the hammer, I like that they kind of address it. You know, in the second match, the elite brought a hammer as well, and then now, um, you know that that moving forward, they're saying let's just fucking make it legal so you don't even have to cheat to use that type of a thing, and and looking at what they're going to do over the next few matches, um, continue to be exciting. I'm actually kind of now I'm like as much as I the first Escalera de la Muerte uh, match was great. Don't necessarily never need to see another one of those. So uh, kind of hoping this match ends at six because uh, that match was fucking insane. The first time they did it, I remember that was the match where um, Penta hit a Canadian destroyer off the top of a ladder. 
uh, if you guys sure. don't recall that. Was that at the first um, Double just, or Nothing? Or was I believe it was All Out. All out? Was that all, okay. It was the first, yeah, it was at All Out, the first one. Okay. Um, absolutely just fucking bananas. Those two teams, they have great chemistry, but they almost trust each other too much, and I just don't want to see somebody get uh, permanently hurt from it. But at the same time, I know that match will be fucking great uh, if they do actually happen to have it. Did you What's have any the date on it, of that match, Alex? Is that going to be like before or after the Wrestle Kingdom match with Osprey? It'll be after because it's uh, it's like okay. January tenth or eleventh. It's the it's okay. the LA show. Okay, yeah, because he definitely needs to be healthy for that match. So hopefully, he, yeah, because I was oh, like, oh, sure. I don't want to see him get f- fucked up for that match because that would really kill that, that show. Would suck, yeah. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts on that match? I just got nervous with Nick Jackson playing Superman. I put that in my article at wrestlingleaders.com, but sometimes Nick Jackson has done that in the past where he's impervious to pain and just has to go through so much shit to eat a win or uh, eat a loss. And so I was like, Oh God, Nick Hogan do that again. But uh, yeah, but no, it was, it was a good, and I liked how simple it was. He hit him once and then he put him in a leg lock and that was it. And it was a very simple and effective and no, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no silliness to it. Um, yeah, I, I was a fan of this match. I thought it was really, really, really good. They continue to amaze me, like you said. They just have excellent chemistry, and this is still fresh, remarkably, after all these matches. Yeah, truly a uh, just we're destined to do this forever type of a thing. And yeah, um, Batman Joker, I like it. Yeah. Um, well, moving on to our moment of the week, we did have some corporate synergy here. Uh, I think all three of us had action and ready upsetting Chris Jericho. So uh, Chris, why don't you kind of talk through what you liked about it? Boy, so the biggest thing that made this match was the crowd. I think the crowd was totally behind it with the, with the let's go jobber stuff. Um, (laughs) Totally having fun with it. This was a hot ass crowd that if you did it in front of any other audience, it may not have been as great as it was, but they were really, really feeling it everything about it they were into and it was just the perfect timing and it was executed perfectly too where it wasn't something stupid where someone's music plays and he does a distraction finish roll up yeah um it wasn't like he was cocky and he gave 99 percent of offense and then he just gets the fluke one two three kid win this was very carefully designed and put together um jericho did a fantastic job um it's easy to say okay this is all jericho and this was um him carrying him completely action and dread deserves some respect and he deserves some uh praise too because he did more than carry his weight and carry Sold his end too um yeah I, I i just thought this was a magical moment it was so perfect and right at the time and uh it just really helps jericho's as much as we talk about dax and mox having such a great 2022 jericho's had a special run too yeah, he's definitely up there. He can seem to like never really do too much wrong. Everything felt perfect except for that those kids buzz light your pants. That was the only thing I hated. Everything else perfect about it. Even Jericho after the match throwing shit in the back, all perfect. Yeah, and I just to negative it up a little bit. Absolutely <laughs> hate the name. Uh, hate the name Action Andretti. So uh, hopefully That's that gets changed somehow. But I, I, I loved it. I love the story behind it. The fact that Jericho just watched his AEW dark match or dark elevation, whichever one it was, and was like, he pitched it like that day. So they've been p- like planning this or building this for 
a couple of months now, basically waiting for him to lose the ROH title. I love this idea of Jericho getting to kind of have this like spiral after losing the ROH title. Um, they they took a usual trope where typically in that spot, like you said, Chris, either someone's music would hit that would distract Jericho or Jericho would get the win. But Andretti looked like he might have a chance for a second. And, you know, Jericho hits him with a low blow or something like that to kind of close it out. But he just gets a chance where he almost wins. Right. Um, I just thought that they did a good job of actually committing to a win there for, for this guy, instantly making him. Um, relevant within the company. I had never heard the name before um, or, or seen him. So uh, excited. It kind of reminded me of early on in the AEW days when the Young Bucks put uh, Private Party over in that tag team title uh, tournament. And I love too how it um, motivates the talent that's on Dark and it gives them, you know, a reason to want to work harder and keep putting those performances in. And Someone's it's not just a dump of content, hopefully. Um, it gives mm-hmm. people hope that, hey, if I keep working hard, someone on the main roster is going to notice one of these veterans is going to put me over and will look at me and go, OK, I can do something with this guy or this girl. So that's what I liked about it, too. I think it was positive for the morale of the locker room. And hopefully we get another star, Good point. you know, Good point. Yeah. And, and I yeah, just to add to that, too, like it was they did that with somebody who wasn't like, you know, cause sometimes you'll see it's like, you know, person X uh, debuts on AEW Dark. I do not know anybody who knew Action Andretti before he was on AEW Dark. I haven't seen anybody who's been like, oh, I've been following him for years. I'm so glad to see him do this. Like, this was a complete, like, unknown, which is way cooler than if it were, say, I don't know, someone who got released from NXT, you know, Cole or something Carter, like that. Or whatever that kid's name was. MM3. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, ah, this person kind of was already, yeah, like, uh, was already, like, on the verge. Like, this is a completely new person. Give him a chance kind of feels a little bit like uh especially with just his style with how um you know kind of athletic he is like what they were doing with dante martin last year so it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go from here uh moving on from the things that we liked let's move on to what we uh what we hated uh chris what about you bray wyatt i think my patience and faith in him being a good performer or turning into something good has been exhausted uh I don't know if this is all his doing the storyline, but it just looked so silly. The presentation was ridiculous. Uncle Howdy, uh, that's not good. That was like, I just I just don't know how anyone could look at this and go, man, that's a positive right there. That's good shit. Like I couldn't I can't fathom anyone finding this entertaining. Um, I think this silly is why Vince thinks he needs to be back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The silly backstage stuff. Um the weird reality of like these fucking QR codes. Is he like Bray, like a tech entrepreneur who just has this thing? That's silly. Um, How he was getting beat down and he wasn't really fighting back and just letting LA Knight beat him up. And that was weird. And then it's just someone standing there giggling and cackling. I thought it was Alexa bliss. Actually, that was my prediction just because there were gloves on uncle Howdy. And that also took me out of like, Oh, they're going to go with that. Like, fuck. That's awful. And uh, the just the the cackling and how is that supposed to be intimidating, scary, spooky, whatever. I wish they would just get rid of creepy, spooky characters entirely and just give that a nice rest of two years and then do something because Bray could be good if he was wrestling, but he hasn't done anything yet. And it's just I don't know. I don't get it. It's not it's not for me. 
I saw a clip of it and totally out of context, just seemed like the the dumbest thing ever. Him just kind of popping out on the stage and the jump cuts back and forth. And it just seemed like LA Knight had no point, had any idea what to do with it. Looked awful. I saw a little speculation. It might be Cameron Grimes being Uncle Howdy. Just some of the the hand gesture mannerisms. But uh, I hope not because he was actually pretty entertaining. Oh, do you, do you know I still that? think it's I know I, um, I could see well, it now. Wik, Wikipedia also claims that like if you okay. go on Bo Dallas's Wikipedia, it says uh, other aliases. It says Uncle Howdy, but I I just believe it's Bo because it's his brother. It it looks awful. It's all I saw is SmackDown, and uh, definitely didn't make me want to to watch. It didn't, and it was uh, just not a. It, you know what we've been asking i've been asking at least since he got let go i've just i just wanted to know if if bray was actually the creative genius people seem to think he is that was being held back by poor booking or if bray is not nearly as good as people seem to think and i lean towards the fact that this was this was uh, he was not being held back in his first run he is uh and in, in the words of uh herm edwards they are who he thought they were you know and uh He's just not, he's not cut out for, for like creative freedom, maybe like a little bit of like, he can have some insight, but there needs to be a, somebody to tell him no. For sure. Sean, what was your cringe of the week? Mine goes back to Daniel Garcia being the, um, the shadower of the, the JAS group. Just it's awful booking with this guy. I, I think he should be getting constant good booking matches with like, Jungle Boy, he's a huge, huge name right now in, in like the, the growing wrestling world. And it's just run with this guy. He's, he's great in the ring. He can be good on the mic. Stop putting him in the shadows of Sammy Guevara. And what did it even lead to? It's him for one second looking at a, a monitor in the back. Awful. Well, I didn't get to watch uh, Ring of Honor yet still, but... Um, I just think he needs a little more time in the AEW world and less in the ROH peer world. Well, the, the fans were, were organically behind him with a you're a wrestler chance and they wanted him to do well. And just for him to backtrack in this mopey, sulky guy who just kind of glowers, it's like, oh, it's not the best presentation of you that's going to get him to where he needs to go. It's okay if he's not a face, but don't backtrack and go into this silly angle again. Exactly. Yeah. It almost, it's like Tony doesn't think he's ready or something like that. So he keeps kind of just not pulling the trigger on him. But at this point it's kind of ruined Daniel Garcia for me for like, I, it'll be hard for me to get fully invested in him if he starts getting another push. Cause I'm not going to believe that they're going to do anything. It's not going to ever last. since he went back to the Jericho appreciation society just hasn't made, it's made zero sense as to why he went back uh and kind of how he's acted since then so um it's a shame because he's somebody who came on and he immediately had some matches but everyone was saying how he had no personality there was nothing interesting about him and he turned that around in over you know in that year and then they just kind of have uh fumbled every time they've they've had him in a in a place that was ready for him to be presented as more of a star and so we'll see how that goes. Uh, my cringe of the week, very simple, very quick. I like this hat is not funny. It's not creative. It's not over. There's nothing about it. Um, if you listen to this show and disagree with me, I will happily argue this with you until the end of time. 
because uh, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. It's, it feels so forced. Like they're just trying to come up with something. And uh, Jake Hager is a uh, charisma Dyson. He just has none of it. He sucks all the sucks all of it up out of the room. Anything yeah. bad, boys? We've clearly been an anti Jake Hager uh, podcast, and we'll we'll remain that way as long as that hat's around and he keeps shouting that stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Uh, That's all I need to say. Well, put that. Good. All right. Yeah, that'll. Uh, there's a clip right there for you. Um, moving on to uh, a little bit more positivity, happiness, things we're looking forward to. Uh, Chris, what are you excited about? Oh, I can get sucked into the same old, same old. It's nice to see Cena back uh, on SmackDown. I did watch that segment. Clean. It's not the most revolutionary thing, but just to see him wrestle a gun will be nice. And um It'll be a fun little match. I'd like to see Roman and Sammy versus Cena and Owens. That's going to be a really cool match. I don't know. I don't have anything else insightful to say about it. Just it's nice to see him wrestle again. And it's his first match in 2022, which is crazy to think. But, hey, he's wrestling. It's a good good thing. I think they're going to get a huge rating for it as well. And that's always good as well. Yeah, it'll be a hot <laughs> crowd for it, which... You know, kind of you would expect that to be a little bit of a throwaway show, right, and initially. So yeah. with it being right before the New Year. So excited to see what they do with it. And Cena's look, it's so weird to see a not so jacked Cena, just a more lean. Yeah. Uh, it's hmm. like, at first you're like, is he sick? But then you're like, wait, he still looks amazing. So he's, no, he's fine. Right. Because uh, <laughs> like his vein is still like fucking massive. He's got those earthworms yeah. and snakes in his bicep and you're like oh yeah. wait he's still gargantuan i'm i'm excited for the match but god was that promo that he cut announcing that he was going to be uh owens's opponent corny as all hell i don't know if you boys saw it uh yeah, but it was, it was you know he it was it was like it was like oh seven cena it was just uh it it hurt to see but whatever. it's fine in small doses if that was if i had to watch it every week i'd want to blow my brains out but it was kind of fun <laughs> to see him be just a fucking big ham i don't know yeah john, john, cena, was on, john cena was on smackdown at the very end oh i yeah i i had no idea i didn't even see anything online i but he just did, he didn't like cut he it was a video so oh, okay the bloodline oh, right. and sammy were in the ring and then it like he popped up on video and was ex- he said hey i just got a text message from Kevin Owens and Kevin wasn't on the show oh. either. He's apparently uh, had some travel issues. So, well, uh, he was not on last week and won't be on this week. Cause they taped, they taped SmackDown for this Friday already. So, okay. Oh, well, this goes to show you kids do not drink too many ranch waters in Nashville. You'll or drink any. <laughs> They're disgusting. Uh, it's delicious. It's the best perfect cocktail su- ever. Perfect summer drink. Do, These are canned I, cocktails now. It's, Oh, it's delicious. Do, the, Okay, the goes I, down like water. We gotta talk. We gotta we gotta talk about this because you texted me about this over the weekend. Yeah, they're delicious. And there is nothing like I like a good mixed drink. I have never tasted a canned mixed drink that doesn't taste like ass. Because you haven't had ranch water yet. The canned cocktail. You've I, had the, the I, mixed drink that puts you on your ass. Me, you guys me didn't. Too. I sent you guys that picture of uh, all that zero proof, the rum, gin, and tequila the other day, and you guys didn't even respond to it. That hurt. I was admiring it from afar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean, what are you looking forward to? Uh, 
we only kind of got like a little snippet or a little little clip of it uh, to build up, but Swerve versus Keith Lee happening this week. Mm-hmm. Gonna love to see the um, the uh, long awaited payoff of that breakup. Um, these two will definitely put on a great match with each other. Their styles work so well together that wrestling each other, it's gonna be a masterpiece. It will be. Chris, why do you I, have such an excited look? You are I excited. thought I saw I thought Australian Sean was coming out. What's I? Oh, we'll have to listen. It kind of was like, ooh, 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 ooh. Damn, what was it? Damn. I don't know, but we'll it just see. I got like you didn't say anything I'll at see, all. Like, see, it didn't I'll actually see. go down the down Spe- under. But speaking of the elites, that's a 2022 moment of the year. Oh fuck yeah, that's my moment of the whole <laughs> show, <laughs> the whole enterprise. It's my favorite thing that to ever happen on this program. Around go back and listen, kids. Go find it. Uh, I'm sure shit. one of the uh, one of the show historians can go find that for us. <laughs> yeah, and we can we can share it. Put that uh, on the Twitter. <laughs> Looking forward to my anticipation. I have uh, the Brian Danielson versus MJF feud that's coming up. So at the end of the match, after MJF gave Ricky Starks the uh, the old nut shot, Brian Danielson came out, chased him out of the ring. Uh, it looks Skinny like dog. when you're trying to let a uh, five-year-old win in a race, though, uh, <laughs> he, he definitely had to slow down yeah. so he didn't catch up to MJF, which was pretty funny. But uh, ab- absolutely, uh, it's going to be a, a good match, especially I think, you know, they can both work. I think I think Danielson will ma- mesh really well with uh, MJF style, and I'm excited for it. Probably won't be as fun promo-wise as Starks versus MJF was, which is a shame because it'll be a longer program, assuming this is what goes to uh, Revolution. But I think it'll be a, a, good, uh, a good feud to cement MJF's title run. Uh, a little bit unfortunate, though. It just feels like Danielson is somebody that uh, is not really going to actually win the title. He's just going to kind of be this as a as a little bit of a gatekeeper for title holders. Hmm. He can be a huge dick, though, on the mic. Yeah, and he's someone who'll be able, who'll be able to hold his water and defend himself against MJF on the mic too. So that's what I'm kind of excited about this. You would think it'd be the wrestling and the in-ring work, but I actually am excited to see what they would do on the stick because he can get salty and just be kind of an asshole. Um, if you just kind of poke him the right way as a character and maybe even the real life personality. So hopefully he gets to be uh, a, a little bit more aggressive and say some shit. Cause that'll make some entertaining television. Absolutely. Sean, did you have any thoughts on it? Oh, no. Now I'm thinking about it. You just you introduced to the world that you had a uh, alcoholic father and MJF can run with that and really poke at you and really pull that out. Oh, of you. So yeah. That'll that'll that's be right. uh, pretty fun. Um, and yeah, in the ring, that's going to be great. Uh, Danielson Danielson's one of those people who kind of just gets really loud and makes it seem like he's winning the argument. So yeah, it'll be fun to see these two go at it. Uh, can I just say that I'm happy that after about a year and a half of him being in AEW, I didn't feel nervous at all as I was saying Danielson there. I think every single time I said it, I was like, I said the right thing. That we was, did good. Yeah. We did good. You were on a roll. I was noticing that in my mind. I was like, he's got confidence. Look at him. Look at him go. <laughs> Look at him strut. He's doing it. He's getting it. <laughs> Get- uh, well, uh, that wraps up the segments that we have, but, uh, we still have got more for you. So, uh, speaking of Sean's homeland, Aussie open, uh, is, has been revealed to not be the, uh, opponents of FTR at Russell Kingdom 17. Chris, I know that this ruined your, at least your month, if not year, 
Um, yeah. Let me get your thoughts. I don't even care that I'm having a son now. This year's over. I don't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, I was disappointed just because they did have such an excellent match that that was at um, the Rev Pro or England, whatever the hell. And so I was excited to see them have a match and wrestle at in, in the Tokyo Dome. And I thought that was going to be just as good, if not better than the Osprey and Omega match potentially. And so it's like, uh, it's a shame they didn't get a chance to do it just because that's a fresher team. They're a team that probably should deserve a run with the title. Goto is fine, but like I don't need to see them wrestle FTR. Yeah, uh, sad, disappointing outcome to all that. Uh, Alex, you actually did remind me that we we saw Goto and uh, Yoshihashi wrestle in a tag team match at AEW. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's the the last thing I really wanted to see. This that would have been so hot to see FTR and Aussie Open. Eh, kind of ruined it. It, yeah, it. It's funny because when we were talking about it, like when it comes to Yoshihashi and uh, and Goto, like they put on good matches whenever they're on, but there's just something about them that's not exciting or intriguing. It's not. Sexy. I can't even really. It's almost like <laughs> how I feel. It's <laughs> it's not what the people want, and no. it's it's almost how I feel. I know a lot of people are big fans of him, but it's just it's a good equivalent for me of how I feel about Jungle Boy. I'm never really excited to see Jungle Boy. Like, sure, he ends up putting on a good match, and I enjoy it. I've never been like, this is a fast forward, except when he was facing Brian Cage the other day. Uh, but I, I just don't. I don't love. Um, I don't love Goto and Yoshihashi. There's just there's just not a whole lot there for me. So it's a bummer. But my hope is we'll we'll get to run that back at another time. Yeah. And- um, Maybe like Great O'Con and Jeff Cobb would have been like a better Definitely. opponent because they never really got to have their match Damn. with each other. You know, I don't know. It just was like, eh. it's, it's like Goto's kind of like, and that's what's sad is like you're taking him for granted as a performer. He's like Dolph Ziggler-y kind of. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, good, yeah. you know, like you're really fucking good and you're really, really good. But I've just, you're never away. Just not quite enough. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh, Chris, you had brought up, you brought this up in your uh, Dynamite review, but let's kind of talk about it on the podcast a little bit too. So you, uh, you were disgusted by Sammy versus Mox, um, and then kind yeah. of also wanted to talk through just some uh, some other you know matches that have kind of felt that way. So I guess first of all, why don't you kind of preface it with a little bit of you know your thoughts there, and then kind of what. Um, what remind what other, if there for yourself even if there's any other matches that you kind of like look back on that were just too much or gross at for yeah you? so the for everyone who hasn't watched Rampage this is probably might be a lot of people but Rampage had a match with Sammy and John Moxley and it was actually quite good it was one of their better matches that they've had together but they had this really disgusting spot where Sammy fucks up Moxley's ear and rips out like an earring or an earring. Yeah. And uh, he bites it and he's Sammy has so much blood on his face. And then he has to do the obligatory makeout spot with Tay and it's just or tie, excuse me. And it just, there's so much blood and fluids exchanging. And it looked just like, eh, it's just too, it's just a little too gnarly for me. Uh, so it made me think of other moments in wrestling that was like, God, what that just went too far. And the other thing that I thought of was when, Brock Lesnar just elbowed the fuck out of Randy Orton and oh, just yeah. gave him all those oh, yeah. unprotected elbow shots where it's like, Jesus, that's just dangerous and gross. 
Um, that was the one that set out for me, but what was something in your guys's wrestling fandom that you're like, Oh, that was a match or a segment that you're like, Ooh, too far. Yeah. I think for me, it was when, uh, it was on the Indies when Artie Evans told, uh, orange Cassidy that the fast and furious movie sucked and that they got worse <laughs> when the rock joined. Oh, that's that. Uh, no, I, I actually spent some time thinking about this and I struggled because I was actually thinking you were asking for like full matches and even the stuff that I thought about, like I thought about uh, Cena versus JBL at Judgment Day. And what was that? Oh, oh, four, oh, five. Yeah. Um, or even the King of the Ring match. Um, Angle versus Shane O'Mac. Uh, but then oh, I was yeah. like, maybe I'm I, but I kind of felt like, am I just misremembering how like, was it actually warranted? And I don't remember the feud. Right. Because especially the the Judgment Day match was an I quit match. So I struggled to actually come up with a uh, a real answer here. But I. I think I 100% agree with those elbows that uh, Brock Brock yes, gave to Randy. If you remember, uh, Jericho tried to fight Brock Lesnar in the back <laughs> after that because he thought that he thought that he went off script there. What balls! You guy. know that he's just like, I'll take one. I'll get this shit kicked out of me because I'm, I'm I'm right. Yeah, Good for him. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy that energy. Sean, did you have any that you came up with? Um, I kind of just thought more of like the uncomfortableness of that Matt Hart was it Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara match. In, oh God! Uh, yeah, where it just like Matt fell bad, and it was so clear to see, and they just kept going with it. Um, and then, um, I don't know, nothing more with blood. But I mean, we've also been the same program that had Nick Gage come on with a, a pizza cutter. So. And then cut to a Domino's commercial. Yeah, cut to a Domino's commercial. But like, I, I mean, after after this year, I think I've gone to two GCW, sh- three GCW shows now that I've gotten a little more comfortable with the, the blood. I'm still getting, still not getting used to glass and when it's used to slice. But uh, I'm getting a little more comfortable with the blood. Yeah, it. I. See, I, that was also my thought was like, I've definitely seen enough GCW stuff to, to cite that, but that's, that's just like, if you go to a GCW show, that's on you, unless you're Sean's parents and you've been dragged there, uh, unknowing. I mean, uh, I could only uh, have warned them so many times, but they'll be back. Uh, (laughs) well, uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for listening this year. I think we've had a really fun time over the past year, like kind of finding our voice, finding, uh, you know, our audience a little bit and, and figuring out what exactly we want this podcast to be. And we couldn't do that without you, the listener. So thank you all for uh, a great year. Um, we'll be doing, like I said, our Elites wrap up show uh, that'll come out early next week at our regular uh, time slot. And then we'll be looking as we hit the new year to move to that Thursday recording, which means Friday morning. Uh, output for the podcast um, and then some other changes coming up as we get through uh, the new year. But uh, for us right now, please make sure you're checking out our website, wrestlingelitist.com, Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. We love you all. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Rick Root, take us home. Hit the music.